to the most wonderful people on earth, God's wonderful people. Thank you for joining me today for this beautiful teaching on prophecy. And I want to just say thank you for being my partner, my family, God's precious people. And I'm sitting here with my new set. I'm really happy about that. We have two sets now, one behind me and one in front of me. Uh, the screen right there that you've seen. But now we have a brand new beautiful set. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to show us. I give you the praise for what you're going to show us today. To you be the glory, the majesty, and the honor. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about a prophecy that has not been fulfilled in 2,000 years. And now we're seeing it fulfilled for the first time. It's a very exciting moment for the church right now, I'm telling you. So here's a prophecy in Matthew 10 that we're seeing fulfilled today for the first time to completion. It began to be fulfilled 2,000 years ago, and then it stopped. For 2,000 years, silence. Now it's happening again, one more time. Matthew 10, 23, but when they persecute you in this city, the Lord is speaking to his people, the Jewish people, the apostles, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. So he said to his apostles, he said, go preach the gospel, and before you're done, I'll be back. That's what it says here. Now, when you think about it, less than a million people at the time lived in Israel. A small country, 332 miles from north to south, 40 miles from east to west. Would not have taken long to get the gospel out at the time. Then 70 AD happened. The Jewish people were scattered shortly after. The temple destroyed, Jerusalem destroyed, and everything stopped for 2,000 years. 1948, the Jewish people come back to Israel, but nobody is ready to hear the gospel because of the crusaders, the Nazis, and the many Jews who were killed by Christians over 2,000 years. And so the Jewish people were not ready to hear anything about Jesus. But five years ago, amazingly, this miracle began to be fulfilled again. Where Israelis are now preaching the gospel to Israelis. And thousands are getting saved inside Israel. There's a tremendous revival among the Jewish people now. And Jews are winning Jews. You can see uh, this happening on social media, you can go on YouTube and just put one for Israel Ministries and you can see it for yourself. That God's people, the Jewish people, are reaching their own people in Israel. The gospel is not being preached by Gentiles to Jews, it's being preached from Jews to Jews. Amazing prophecy right here. 
Now, God's word also tells us in Zechariah 13 that only a third will come into the kingdom. So let's read that together. Zechariah, an amazing prophecy when you, when you read it because the days are coming that uh, Antichrist will rule, as you know. And now it says, uh, verse 8, It shall come to pass in that, that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, will try them as gold is tried, they shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. They shall say, the Lord is my God. So there's coming a tremendous uh, purification in Israel. What a third are going to recognize Jesus as Messiah. So we have begun to see that just about five years ago. It's all began. And this prophecy will be, will, will be fulfilled right before the coming of the Lord, of course. So, let's talk about the coming of the Lord. I wanna, I wanna show you, first of all, from Acts chapter one, what the Word of God says about this most remarkable event. Because we are getting ready to see the rapture of the church, and then the physical, visible coming of the Lord Jesus to earth. So, uh, I'm going to begin reading in verse 9, Acts 1, And when he, the Lord Jesus, had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, I love this, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as ye have seen him go into heaven. So he ascended to heaven physically, seen visibly by the apostles and the disciples. And so it says, he will come again in like manner. I give you praise, Lord, for this wonderful, wonderful promise. Now, let's go quickly to Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to read together verse 20 and 21. It says, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Now, with, with all the events taking place on earth today, especially what I shared already about what's happening inside Israel with evangelism. We know the coming of the Lord is at hand. 
I've said this before, we're not living in the last days, we are living in the last hours of the last days. These are the last hours of the last days. So the coming of the Lord Jesus is mentioned 318 times in the 260 chapters of the New Testament. Think about this. 318 times just in the New Testament. Out of 260 chapters of the New Testament, the coming of the Lord is mentioned 318 times. That is one in every 25 verses. One in every 25 verses talks about the coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord. So from Matthew to Revelation, one in every 25 verses talks about the second coming. And amazingly, the greatest number of prophecies about the second coming is in the Old Testament. So here we see the second coming, such a headline subject in the Bible. And yet you have people today questioning it. But it's a fact. The Lord Jesus is coming back to earth physically, visibly, just as he ascended to heaven after his glorious resurrection. Now, the Bible tells us we are to comfort each other's with these words. So the second coming of the Lord is uh, to, for, for our comfort, you know, because people don't really understand sometimes that we need that because of all the troubles on the earth. But let's, let's read, uh, let's begin reading, frankly, right here, uh, verse 13. But I would not, and this is First Thessalonians Chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him, meaning they're in heaven now with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep or go ahead of them. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I like that word ever. Hallelujah. We will ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So I want to comfort you today. I want to encourage you today. You know, it, it says in God's word, set your, your affections on things above. And I think it's time to comfort one another with these words. In Isaiah 40, verse 1, it says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. How? How do we comfort each other? We comfort each other by 
telling each other what Isaiah chapter 40 verse 9 says. O Zion that bringeth good tidings, good news, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. That's the coming of the Lord. So when we talk about the coming of the, of the Lord, we are comforting God's people. In verse 1, comfort you, my people. How? Tell them the Lord is coming. Behold, the Lord will come with a strong hand. His arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. So we are looking for that glorious day, that day of great hope. It's called our great hope. Titus, let's go together to the book of Titus, chapter 2, now read verse 13. It says, looking for that blessed hope, that great hope called blessed hope in the Bible. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm sharing God's word with you. And I'm here to tell you, this is going to happen probably quicker than you realize. Because of what's happening inside Israel. I want to point that to you over and over. Matthew 10, 23. Before you're done preaching to your people, Israel to Israel, I'll be back. It began 2,000 years ago. It stopped in 70 AD. It began again over five years ago. Think about that. Think about that. And now we're seeing it spreading throughout the land. You can watch it yourself and see the amazing miracles happening inside Israel. Now, the Bible uh, also tells us, let's go to Second Peter. You know, I, I think it's very important that we talk about this because the church needs to hear these words because they're so powerful. It says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, all the world will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation or conduct and godliness looking for and hasting we all need to be looking for the coming of the Lord looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat now of course the coming of the Lord is going to happen in two stages the rapture, what we call the rapture, the great catching up first, which we just saw in First Thessalonians 4. And then the second visible coming of the Lord, that will be the fulfillment of what the angel said in Acts chapter 1 to the apostles and disciples. But I am expecting any day, any day, the rapture to happen. And the Word of God uh, has a lot to say about this because uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus 
and the events connected to it are our blessed hope, and I'm talking here about the rapture, of course, the great catching up. This is the desire of every true believer. That we cry, come Lord Jesus. What is the last prayer in the Bible? The last prayer in the Bible is in Revelation 22-20. Come Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride are crying, come Lord Jesus. That's the last cry in the Bible. That's our cry today. Come Lord Jesus. Second Peter 3 and verse 3 says this. Knowing this first, there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. What does this say to me? That first, there's going to be a falling away, and scoffers are going to say, well, we heard that before. We don't believe it's going to happen. Because people today are, are, are questioning it. Men are questioning it. Well, but God's word says that, that, that they will. They, they will scoff at it. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? We've been hearing that for years and years. So the coming of, of the Lord is a doctrine. It's a teaching that the haters of the word of God mock. Those who walk in the flesh mock. Those who are living a carnal life mock it. But the true believers believe it. So the true believers believe it, and the ones who don't believe the Bible mock it. So... uh it's really a fulfillment of what I just read when you hear all that's going on today with people making all kinds of comments that are not biblical about the coming of the, of the Lord Jesus. But I think we, as God's people, need to know it is imminent. It's definite. It's almost upon us. And I want you all to get ready because we are seeing today a great falling away. When people ask me, like, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I always think about the parable that the Lord gave us of the seed and the sower. So he sowed the seed and some fell on the, what I call the fence, which in in those days was just rocks. And then others fell right next to it. And then the third right next to that. But the fourth on good ground. Three groups said no to the word of God, according to that parable. Because with the first ones, when the seed fell on that rock, or the fence, the birds came ate it up, or the devil stole it. The second crowd had no depth. And in the east, where I come from, they don't clean right there by what is called the fence, or underneath. So there's rock. So that seed has no depth. And that's the crowd that believes for a short time, and then, They say, no, I don't want it. And then you have that third group, the Lord said, that is sown among thorns and so forth, and the thorns grow and choke it. That's the love of this world and the cares of this life and so on. And that's why I'm telling you, do not be entangled with the affairs of this life. 
because they're going to choke you one day if you if if you allow that. But that one group, one group, that says no, they're in the middle. They are the ones bringing forth fruit for the kingdom. Some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred. Blessed fruit, for the glory of God. I mean. So it is it is imperative now that we pay attention, because frankly, uh, we are running out of time. Matthew 24, uh, the Lord said in verse 44, He said, Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made rule over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. And then in Luke 21, we are again told, and this is really like a warning, verse 34 through 36, Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts would be overcharged with surfeiting or living the carnal life and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that they come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the earth, the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. So the remnant are the ones who are told here, there are dangers out there. You need to pray, pray always that you'll not miss that glorious day, as we call it, the rapture, the great catching up of the church. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Look at verse 28 here. As the Bible says, And now little children, abide in him. That's the key right there. Abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him, at his coming. So the fact of the second coming of the Lord is that truth that will enable us to live a life of watchfulness, a life of purity, a life of wisdom, a life of activity for the Lord, preaching the gospel, a life of simplicity in Jesus, a life of self-restraint, because this is what what I've just read is really actually, actually saying to us. And a life of prayer. A life of abiding in the Lord. So the Bible says that the true church is looking for the Lord's return. And one more time, Hebrews chapter 9. I love this chapter. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28. It says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him. That's why I'm talking to you. I want you to look for the Lord. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Come, precious Lord Jesus. How we need that prayer to be answered in these last days I told you earlier I'm, I'm going to say it again the greatest 
things that are happening today in Israel are spiritual. The gospel is being preached. Not only worldwide, because the Lord said this gospel will be preached in all the world and then the end will come. But he, he gave us something specific to look at in Matthew 10, 23. When he said, preach the gospel in Israel. Before you're done preaching it in Israel, I'll be back. And now we're seeing it. You have to understand, just before I say goodbye, you, you've got to understand the mentality of the Jewish people back in 1948, after the Holocaust, when they came back to Israel. The, the mentality was, Christians are our enemies. But a true Christian loves Israel. A true Christian loves the Jewish people. Because a Jewish Messiah is living in our hearts. And sadly the church did a terrible job in history in showing the love of God, the love of Jesus to the world and the Jewish people. We think about the Inquisitions. We think about what happened to the Jews in Russia. We think about what happened to them in Europe. So they come back in 1948, not one of them wants to hear about Christianity. Today, everything has changed. Today, there's a new awakening inside Israel. They're reading the New Testament for the first time, many of them, not realizing Jesus is Jewish. When they read the first words in Matthew, Jesus, the son of Abraham, the son of David, is, oh, he's one of us. And everything is changing now. And many professional people are coming to the Lord today inside Israel. This tells me the coming of the Lord is so close, closer than we realize. Lord, prepare us. Lord, prepare everyone listening, everyone watching for that glorious day. Let their hearts be lit on fire. Let the love for you be intense and glorious. Purify each one of them in Jesus' glorious name. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. I want to talk to you now about giving to the Lord's work in these last days. More than ever today, we need to sow seed so the gospel can be preached not only inside Israel, but around the world. Because our days are numbered. Our days are short. And God wants to protect you from the coming economical harm coming to the planet. We all know, we can sense it. Something is on the horizon. And we as believers need to pray for our leaders today that God will give them wisdom. But as we sow seed in God's work, we protect our own lives financially from future troubles, future financial troubles. So it's time to the gift of, it's time to really give to the Lord's work right now and give with faith. 
give with joy. Give with uh, unshakable faith in our hearts, wrapping our seed with faith, believing every word that God says, that if we honor him, he will bless us and bless our children and our grandchildren. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruits of all your increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Lord, bless them as they give. Bless them as they obey you, as they sow their seed today for your work. Bless them, magnify your name through them, and protect them, Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. All right, the information is on the screen for you. Those that are watching us, you just send your seat to Benihin Ministries right now. Or you can go to our website, benihin.org. Or just simply text BHM45777. And do it today. I'll see you again. Tomorrow, a most wonderful teaching, still on the second coming. I don't want you to miss it, so tell your friends about it. And thank you again for being my wonderful partner. I'll see you again.